You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know God and who He is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's lovely to be here again. It's good to have you here. It's a uh, bit of a drizzly day down here, Peter. We've had a little bit of, uh, I'd say, light rain. Light rain is right, unlike the north. Unlike uh, Brisbane, yeah. Yeah, Queensland and north New South Wales right now are... uh, getting pounded by the water and they've had heavy rain up there and no doubt people have been uh, watching that. I was actually out in the rain this morning. Marie and I, uh, we went for our morning walk and it was a little bit uh, windier than yesterday and it was a lot wetter than yesterday and we'd have these uh, intermittent showers. So, um, But I understand, people tell me, that Hobart is the second driest capital in Australia. It is, believe That's it or not. Say. But but it doesn't mean that we have fewer rainy days. Ah. So so we ha- actually have more rainy days or but light rain, but very light rain there often. Like at the moment, it, it's just this light drizzle, and uh, I think on that the mainland, a lot. in like in Queensland, you have these downpours and yeah, uh, more like yeah. tropical. I think the uh, the only other driest uh, capital. Is South Australia, Adelaide? I think. South Australia. Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, it, it it is actually quite dry down here, but um, we well, still we, we want the rain to uh, make the plants grow, of course, and um, we do. You know, steady rain is probably better than the heavier stuff, but it, uh, yeah, certainly for certainly for lots fighting. of people displaced at the moment. I mean, I know that we um, used to live in New South Wales, and we were uh, quite near uh, a large river, and uh, it flooded the one time, and the backyard got flooded out, and we, we thankfully our house was up on stilts and the uh, the water came up you know two or three steps but didn't get to the house which was mm. a, a very good thing but yeah I, I'm going to ask you another question Peter when when we have weather like this where it's just sort of drizzly overcast you must feel right at home I do I mean <laughs> <laughs> I uh, come from the UK and we have a, f- a fair few grey and rainy days um, but uh, you know. Uh, then you look look for the blue blue sky, but uh, and I, I know you enjoy the uh, the uh, Australian weather. Uh, I know when you came out here, you enjoyed the the sunny weather we have here. For but, sure, um, but, I yeah. actually like Tasmanian weather because I mean we've been here a little over a year now, about a year and a half almost, and um, I like the idea. I mean, Tasmania, you get very much more of a four-season climate. And, we do, uh, yeah, I do sure. like that, mm. and uh, you know, I love the changing of the seasons, and I love that you know the the beauty that each one of them brings. So. There's one part of the changing that I don't like, and that is in uh, the spring and a, a little bit in autumn. Sometimes we get those uh, winds that right. uh, come along with the changing of the seasons. But uh, okay. yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the winter, and I don't mind the summer. I've, the summers here are great, actually. Really, in Tassie, I think so. When we have the summers, so not, I've enjoyed my summer. They're not too hot. Anyway, uh, Peter, we need to get on with our program today. Last week we talked about repentance, or the title was Taking Responsibility, but Mm. I guess the the underlying discussion was on the topic of repentance. Um, And this is continuing your series, The Apprenticeship. Um, Just a reminder to our listeners that uh, this is based on the book Steps to Christ. And uh, if you haven't got a copy of that book, you can... Get a copy by texting in to our show number, Tassie Encounters, the code STEPS and the number one. That's no spaces, STEPS1. 
and uh, the free book, uh, Steps to Christ, we can send out to you. But the number to, to do that on is 0488-880-891. So if you don't have a book, a little book, it's a nice little book. It's easy to read. It's short. And uh, it's what uh, we're basing our discussions on over these coming weeks. So encourage you to get that book, 0488-880-891. Text in STEPS and the number one. No spaces. Uh, this week, uh, Peter, we're going on to the next topic, which is confession, mm. which I guess uh, many might think, well, repentance, uh, taking responsibility, confession, they're sort of all the same. Isn't it all the same thing? Well, certainly they are connected. Um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, that book, Steps to Christ, they are steps and they, you know, there's a sort of progressive uh, movement towards Christ. That's the idea of the Steps to Christ book. But um just going back to the fact that this is called the apprenticeship, so this is about a discipleship journey, right? So this is becoming a discipleship of Christ, what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And when we talk about today's topic of confession, you know, people might think, well, what's the difference between repentance and confession? I think repentance is something that ha- happens on the inside. We become aware of in the, on the inside and we make that conscious decision mm. to repent. Uh, that's an internal thing. Whereas confession, I believe, is an external thing. And I guess you wouldn't be confessing something unless you, first of all, understood <laughs> what it is you need to confess. So well, that, I think that it's that repentance that drives you to confession, yeah, as it were. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think probably, you know, we want to understand that um, maybe people have a popular notion of confession. I think if people had talked to me about confession before I became a Christian, I would have thought about the typical traditional church uh, where you maybe have a, com- a confessional box in the back of the church and a priest goes into the, to one side and then uh, a believer goes into the other and uh, they confess their sins to a, a priest and the priest then would grant absolution or, or what have you or, or tell you what you needed to do. So is that the sort of confession we're talking about today? Not Particularly, no. <laughs> confession is obviously admitting, acknowledging uh, your sins, your, what has done, what has happened, what has done, you've, you've done wrong, um, but not to an individual necessarily. Now, I, uh, it's mainly to God. I mean, we talked about last week the fact that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, and I love that phrase in the Bible. That's in Hebrews, because um, a it says we can come boldly, so we can come with confidence to the throne, to God's throne of grace. Why? Because that's why, you know, that's what Jesus has come to offer us. He's come to offer us grace and forgiveness and mercy for the sins that we've committed. But what he can't do for us is he can't um, admit those sins on our behalf. He can't acknowledge those sins on our behalf. That's something that we must do. And I think that, that that's the part that confession plays. It's it's for our benefit. It's it's a, The purpose of it is in order for us to be able to understand uh, what we've done and why it was wrong and, and and then to be able to be reconciled to God because we make that confession. So I've got, I've got uh, um, sort of two thoughts here, but, but the first one, you know, sometimes um, people acknowledge their sin or their wrongdoing mm. and they then sort of beat themselves up over it for many many years to come right and so i guess uh 
how, how do we go sometimes beyond that that process of acknowledging our sin? Sure, uh, and not hanging on to it. Obviously, confessing is in, is important, but yeah. but sometimes we hang on to it, and we and and I know uh, you know some religions um, teach that we have to do penance, right? You know, for our sins, and we've got to yes. do some sort of painful act, sure. to pay for our sins. Yeah. But I don't think that's really uh, taught in Scripture, is it? No. See, the it's interesting that, I mean, Jesus suffered and died for our sins. That's mm. why he suffered and died. So uh, he has paid the price for our sins. It's, that's the whole purpose, really. Now, that's not to say that our sins don't have consequences mm. in the here and now. But in order, we don't pay for our sins. Jesus did. Um, there may be consequences. So if I, you know rob a bank uh, I might be sorry about it but I might be sorry in jail yeah. because I've robbed the bank and or you still, might be in jail and not sorry <laughs> but that's true so um, you're still you're still going to um, there still may be consequences mm. for the acts uh, that we have committed but you see I think in terms of uh, suffering for our sins then um, in a way God wants us to put us out of our misery you know if you have guilt for sin we have to maybe explain this a little bit because if we have guilt for sins that we've committed, that's natural and normal mm. because that's telling us that it's, it, we've done something wrong. But it's when we confess that to God and we ask for forgiveness, that's when that really should should take place. And a lot of it is down to what we believe. So, for instance, you were talking about the fact that you know, maybe we confess it, but then we still think about it and we're still worried about it or we still feel guilty about it. Yeah, and we carry that through our lives because we can't let yeah. it go. One of my favourite yeah. verses on this topic is in First uh, John 1, nine, uh, which I hadn't um, planned to talk about at this point, but your question raises it and I think it's a good one. Mm. Um, so if you've got First John 1, nine, read it out. If not, I've got it here. So yeah, you, you read I'll it. Do it. So it says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. Now, the beauty of that is it's saying if we do this, if we confess, then God will do this. He is faithful. He Mm. is faithful. So we either believe that and that he will forgive us and cleanse us from all sins, or we don't believe it and we continue to feel the uh, responsibility and the regret and well, I think we can still have regret, but I think if we're still burdened with guilt, we haven't really accepted the forgiveness and the cleansing and the freedom that really God wants us to have. Um, so I think that that's an important element. And, um, you know, that's the, the condition. If we confess, uh, Jesus is, God is faithful and he will, will forgive. So I've got one more question before we go to a break. Mm. Um, so we can go to God and confess our sins. Yes. And that, uh, you know, you've just read that. Directly to God. You've just read that and God is faithful. Yes. And uh, he will forgive us. But what about uh, confessing to another Another person? individual. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we pick that up in the second section. But, I mean, we can we can get into that now or we're going to have a song. We'll have a song shortly. I just yeah, want okay. you to answer this question. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I think if we have wronged a person directly... Uh, I think if they are aware of it and we are aware of it, then we should confess that to them, that we would go to them and and not only confess, of course, but ask for forgiveness. That would be appropriate. And, of course, um, we did talk about last week one of the things in the way, why why don't we repent, why don't we confess, 
Uh, a lot of it's down to personal pride. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, there's another verse we're going to look up in uh, Proverbs in a moment uh, that talks about confession as well. But um, yes, it is appropriate, certainly, to confess to another human being that you have wronged, um, and particularly when they are aware that you have wronged them, um, and that they they are the the, the relationship. This is the, the ultimate. The thing. relationship. The relationship is damaged. Yeah, is damaged because of what has been yep. caused. Yep. And what you're wanting to do is to heal, heal that, that relationship. Yeah, it's interesting, and and I shared this uh, text of, as part of my. Um, uh, sharing on my journey with cancer, um, it's it's part of the passage that we use uh, in terms of anointing for healing mm-hmm. um, from James five sixteen. It says, "Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed." Um, or I think in another translation it might says, it, "Oh no, it says uh, you'll be saved as well." So mm-hmm. um, yeah, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I think that's uh, that's a very clear instruction that you know if we've if we've offended somebody, yeah, we need to make it right with them. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go to the break uh, just before we do a listener question. When was the last time you confessed your faults to God or to others? And we're not after any personal details here. We're not after any personal stories or names. Um, or names. We're just uh, just when was the last time? You know, is that something that you've done recently or that you do uh, often? Um, how does it feel when you confess to God or to another person? Text us in your answer on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And uh, here is Francesca Battistelli with If We're Honest. Truth is harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light. And everyone has a heart that loves to hide. I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard But the best thing we could ever do Ever do Bring it
Listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of confession. Now, uh, before we went to the break, we did ask you a question. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, text us in the answer to this question: When was the last time you confessed your faults to God or to others? And we're not after any personal details or, or personal stories. We're just. Uh, Asking when was the last time and how did it make you feel when you did that? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Uh before the break, Peter, we were talking about confessing to one another and uh, we read a passage out of James chapter five that tells us to confess to one another when mm. we've hurt people. Um sometimes it's really hard to do that. Sometimes we want to cover it up. Mm. Uh why is it important not to cover it up? Yeah, um, maybe in answering this, first of all, maybe we can um, just refer to Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, and I'll get you to read that, if I may. It says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Yeah, so we can read that and we can say, well, why Why is that? Why do, is that the way it works? And we talked briefly before the break about um, relationship, and I think this is really at the heart of it all, is that... Uh, God knows us intimately, okay? God, he knows everything about us. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that God has numbered every hair on your head. Um, so God knows every possible thing about us. So we're not telling God in confession uh, anything he doesn't know. Um, but what we're actually doing is revealing something to ourselves but revealing something to others too. If we're confessing to somebody whom we have wronged, uh, then we're, we're being more transparent, we're being more open. You mentioned that it's sometimes difficult to confess, and it's, it's not actually difficult to say the words, but it is difficult to... Um, it, it's difficult you know, emotionally. Yeah, and some people, particularly men, I think, yes. <laughs> have difficulty expressing things when, when there's a lot of emotion behind it. I, I'm one yeah. of those people. That's why I say that. So right. if there's something that's that's uh, a powerful emotion or a strong emotion, I find it hard to get the words out. Yeah. yeah. We don't like, we said this before when we were talking about repentance last week, we don't like admitting we're wrong. Mm. We don't want, and, and the reality is it's not about admitting, you know, saying that I'm wrong. Uh, just to make myself feel bad or saying I'm wrong when I'm not actually wrong, just to, to finish an argument or whatever. But um, it's, it's actually an acknowledgement when I really am, when I recognize that I've done wrong, not trying to defend that, not trying to excuse that, mm. but just saying, you know, I, I, I stuffed up, I made a mistake, I, I, did the, I made the wrong choice. People seem to be able to tell if you if you just say sorry um, mm. without meaning it. Yeah, uh, there's there seems to be there's this need for a genuine sincerity in that confession. There is because again, 
it's back to relationship. It's, mm. it's, you know, do you care about the relationship between you and this other person or even more importantly between you and God? Mm. Uh, and this is, um, you know, there are some things we should, we only need to confess to God that, you know, we, it's, it's God ultimately that we've wronged. And even when we've wronged other people, um, we're still wronging God because God owns everybody. It, I, I remember when we uh, read that psalm that uh, David wrote after being um, confronted mm. by uh, the prophet, what was his name? Nathan. 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 The prophet Nathan. Nathan, um, where he says, I've sinned against you, even though he really sinned against Bathsheba, he'd yeah. sinned against uh, Uriah, Uriah yeah. but his, own his, his first uh, acknowledgement there was that he'd sinned against God, because all sin ultimately is against God. Exactly, yeah. and it's it, it, what interesting uh, in that he says, "Against you and you only mm. have I sinned," mm. uh, as though the others didn't come didn't into matter. it. That was not what he was saying. Yeah. But that's how it comes across to us. Mm. What he's trying to say is, first and foremost, there was a sin against God. Mm. Um, it is all about relationship. This is one of the reasons for this importance of confession, because as we said, God knows it already, but we're acknowledging it to ourselves and we're acknowledging it to another. We're being transparent. We're being open in the relationship. Otherwise, what you have is a concealed relationship mm. whereby you only get to see what I'm going to reveal. And, uh, you know, there may be things that I've done that wrongs that I've done that either you do know about and I won't admit them or you don't know about them. But either way, the, the relationship is somewhat damaged in those circumstances. There's a Psalm 34 verse 18 uh, that I'll just get you to read there. It says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. All right. It says the Lord is near those. Mm. And so it's it's saying when we are in this um attitude of repentance and confession the lord is near to us he he is there the bible talks about god being compassionate talks about him being merciful talks about being forgiving he's a reconciling god the the whole idea is for us to become one with god again in harmony with god mm. and we can only do that if we take away all the obstacles if we stop pretending that actually there's nothing wrong with me and that I've never done anything wrong, and, and I'm perfect. Uh, which, ironically, you know, some people's picture of Christianity is, oh, well, they, they're all the people that think they're perfect. I probably had that view of Christianity myself mm. when mm. I was an atheist, and I would think, oh, the, the Christians, they think that they're all the perfect people and that we're all sinners and, you know, um, don't paint a necessarily attractive picture of God. Mm. When I became a Christian, I realized, well, actually, I'm the one who recognizes I am a sinner, that's why I need Jesus. That's why I need God in my life. That's why I need restoration, forgiveness, mercy, um, and direction. You know, I need all of those things. And and as a Christian, it's, I'm not saying I'm I've you know I'm I've, I've arrived and I'm perfect now. What I'm saying is I have needs and I've found a place for those needs. You know, I found a solution to those needs, and God is that solution. Just. Uh uh, reading this text again, it says uh, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Mm. We, we normally think of people having a broken heart when somebody has wronged them. Yes, you know, so somebody you know has perhaps uh, in a in a relationship cheated on them or you know harmed them in some way, and uh, and you know we we think immediately that um, they've got a broken heart They're because the broken because somebody's done something to them. 
And yet this is actually saying, well, we're broken harder. Well, it's saying here that when we have and we when we acknowledge our own uh, failure and our own flaws and our own sin, that brings the sense of a broken heart. Yeah, because, well, I think that any separation from God is a brokenness. Mm. I mean, that's that's our principle number one, brokenness, right, is, is our separation from God. Mm. In fact, uh, even when we talk about relationships, when our relationship with God is right, our other relationships will be in the proper perspective. Mm. We can make idols out of people. We can make, you know, human relationships our top priority and still n- neglect God. But it's, I think it's, it's that God connection in our lives that we need. I've said before that uh, the sin problem that the Bible talks about, I often equate with like an addiction, mm. that we're born with this addiction, we you have this addiction, and God needs to uh, cure us of that addiction. But an addict must acknowledge there is a problem in order to arrive at the solution. There are many addicts who recognize they're addicts, and they're the brave ones, Right. And then there are other addicts who deny that they're addicts. And I think this is uh, connected to confession too. It's, it's, it's are we willing to come to the place where we're willing to admit that I've done wrong and I need restitution and uh, reconciliation with God or with another individual as well? Mm. Or are we uh, denying the problem? And I think, um, you know, God, God wants us to be at peace and we might talk about that in the next segment because we'll never really have peace unless we've reconciled ourselves with God. Mm. Remember the uh, question we asked you. We'd love to hear from you. When was the last time you confessed your faults to God uh, or to someone else? We're not after personal details, but uh, just uh, how did that feel when you confessed to someone or to God? This uh, next song is Confession of a Prodigal by Matt Minicus and Josie Minicus. Would you take me as I come? 
Diseased and dying so undone Nothing to offer, I'm a vagabond Just a prodigal Needing your love You know I've tried to mend my own ways Tried to hide my filth in your disgrace Lord, I'm so ashamed, yet I see your face I'm longing for a change Make me a work of your grace I can make it and expose To one who knows all I am With every soul stain I chose I'm wretched, ashamed and broken There are no facades I'm done running from God I'm tired of trying to heal myself, Lord To cover my rags with the guise of wealth Tired of trying to live like I'm alive Truth is I'm dying inside I come naked and exposed to the one who knows all I am. With every soul stain I chose, I'm wretched, ashamed, and broken. There are no facades, I'm done running from God. I'm longing for hope. So I will arise and go to Jesus. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of confession. This is continuing his series uh, on the apprenticeship is the title of our series. And uh, just a reminder, if you have missed out on past episodes, you can catch them on the Faith FM website. If you go faithfm.com.au, you can go and find our past programs and listen to every one of them. Now, uh, during the break, uh, we've had uh, Paula text in, Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a bit of a long text, but I'll, I'll read it out. Um, Paula says, I believe to say sorry or talk to God about past sins is an incredibly, is incredibly freeing. I don't believe we repent to a man in confession. We can go straight to God. We don't need a, a mediator. God knows us from the beginning to end. Carrying that cross for us would have been a massive load and burden to Jesus. How relieved he must have felt when he said, it is finished. When we confess our sins, we also feel a heavy burden released. And unlike anyone on earth, I love that God said it is forgiven and forgotten. Often we forgive, but we don't forget. And that's a huge difference to true forgiveness. Mm. Yeah, anything you'd like to uh, respond to that? Yeah, lots of wonderful (laughs) um, material in there. I mean, in terms of the forgiving and forgetting, there's a passage in uh, the Old Testament where God says, I will remember your sins no more. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting because I, I uh, shared a message once and it was called um, 
Oh, I'll tell you what it was called when I when I remember. Uh, it was something to do with forgetting. But anyway, um, I've forgotten myself. But the the point being that um, God chooses not to remember. So it's not like God has Alzheimer's or he, you know, his memory is bad. But he is choosing rather not to remember our sins. And that's the difference. That's a deliberate act on God's mm. part. Mm. So where he says, you know, uh, I will forgive you and I'll remember your sins no more. That's an, a, a deliberate act saying that I'm choosing not to do that. Mm. And I think we can do that for others too. When, we, when somebody comes to me and says, can you forgive me? Um, if I forgive them, I must do that. I, I must genuinely forgive them and treat them as though they had never committed that sin if if that's what you know genuine forgiveness is mm. um so i like that and um, paula mentions there too that we we don't need to to go to a, a man to to be our mediator so yes the the new testament tells us about the priesthood of all believers that is to say that if we are a believer in christ we become a priest in other words introducing people to god and introducing god to people but the reality of uh, confession is confession must be made to God directly. Mm. And uh, the Bible does tell us in 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Mm. And so that's the whole purpose. Jesus is not only just our sacrifice, he's our mediator and he's our advocate in the heavenly sanctuary too. And there's that other verse that uh, that says because of Jesus we can go boldly to exactly, the throne. Exactly, yeah. exactly right. And so he, he is the, uh, the one. We talked, I think, a couple of episodes ago, go about him being the ladder you know the bible talks about jacob's ladder mm. he had that dream uh, and jesus is the ladder or the bridge if you like between heaven and earth mm. he connects the two um, and that's his purpose he's connecting humanity back to god because we had separated from him through sin so that's that's an important element and uh, yes we don't have to go to any human agent mm. seeking god's forgiveness because Jesus is the one we can go directly to, mm. and and that is an important step. So, so uh, yeah, where, where do we want to go in this uh, section? Well, I think there's an interesting passage in Ezekiel thirty three fifteen. I don't know if you have that one yeah, there. I've got that Maybe, one here. Yep. Would you like to read that out, uh, Jason? It says, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen, and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All right. So this talks about um, restoring the pledge or giving back what has been stolen. And this is uh, an important aspect too. We talked about uh, sins where we confess to God. And then there are other times when we, we have done something wrong to somebody or we've wronged somebody. And uh, we need to make personal restitution for that. Mm. And sometimes you know, that may involve returning what we stole or making some kind of compensation you know mm. uh, to somebody and i'm not talking about going through the legal process or the law courts or anything like that i'm just talking about recognizing where we have uh, wronged another person or damaged them or damaged their property or whatever it may be and then making restitution for that um, that is appropriate you know it's like uh, if i steal somebody's car i can't just say sorry and then keep the car. You know, mm. I've, got, I've got to give it back. <laughs> You've got to give it back. And, and, <laughs> and so you know, that, that's interesting because sometimes our, our justice system and our legal system in a way almost allows that. You know, like mm. people, people um, might get put in jail for stealing a car, but often they're not made to actually restore. Know, restore. 
They, yeah. they, they just do their time and then yeah. they're out and they steal another car. Yeah. Um. It's quite interesting. You know, even in, uh, in Bible times, you can read this in the Old Testament that, you know, if you, um, I guess you, you've got flocks and herds or whatever. And, and if you, uh, damaged another animal or, a, 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 a property or whatever, then you were to restore. Mm. You you were pay compensation. You would mm. compensate the victim rather than just say, Oh, sorry, I'm on my way. I think I think where we don't have that, we lose perspective of what it is that we've done. Mm. But but if we have to make it right, if we yeah. have to restore it, yeah. we actually understand that there's something significant about what we've done. So this is different to what we were talking about earlier about um Pilgrimages or acts of parent penance, yeah, yeah, that's which is yeah. designed to sort of punish me physically. Yeah. This is not about that. No. This is about restoration of somebody else's loss. Mm. And I think that that's entirely appropriate, and the Bible talks about that. So I just wanted to put that in there as well, mm. that when we're confessing, yes, we're confessing you know, that we have done wrong, but if there is some way that we can actually put that right, then we should do that. that, that makes, that's justice. That makes sense. And of course, there are some uh, things that uh, can't be made right. Um, you know, if, if if we've murdered somebody, for example, well, sure, you can't bring them back to life and make that right. But uh, we were talking um, last year in our series, searching for certainty. We were talking about the judgment, mm. and uh, I came to this conclusion uh, a little while ago, where unless if God does not exist, there will never be justice. Mm. Because uh, justice requires, so let's suppose, you know, you have somebody who maybe goes into a restaurant and with a, an automatic weapon and shoots 20 people, mm. you know. We have these mass shootings occasionally that you hear about. And let's suppose that individual turns the gun on themselves or they go to jail or maybe they face the uh, death penalty. If that individual dies, either at his own hand or through the justice system, how does that one death Pay for the pay 20. for the twenty yeah. innocents. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Yeah. So the only way you're going to achieve justice in that situation would be, you have to have a punishment for the perpetrator, but uh, compensation for the victim. Well, how do you compensate victims if they've died? The only way is if there's a resurrection. Mm. And, of course, that, that is precisely what God has in mind at the end of time. So, mm. so God is actually able to deliver justice on the grand scale. At the end of time, God will make everything right. Mm. And that, that's the beautiful thing. That, you know, yeah. when we talk about happy ever after and a happy ending, there really will be a satisfactory ending to all this because ultimately in that heavenly judgment, God is called the righteous judge. He'll get the decisions right, and and he will be able to provide that compensation by even raising the dead. Uh, so, so you know, I think um, that's that's worth pointing out. Um, but ultimately, it's about relationship. It's about our relationship with God and our relationship with others, and a conf- and confession is a part of healing that relationship. Mm. I guess. Um, <clears throat> There's a sense there with, with this uh, um, restoring that we've been talking about that uh, there needs to be, I guess, a, a, a sincere confession and that act of doing our best to restore what it is that we've broken. Uh, this is, you know, from human to human, obviously. Yeah. Um, helps to, again, reconcile that relationship. And I, I'm assuming that uh, there's... 
a similar thing in our in terms of our relationship to God, in terms of um, the process of confession is is really about reconnecting re- and healing that relationship. Yeah, I think you know we I've said before that at the heart of sin is selfishness, and uh, we when we take our eyes off God, we we all have a default position of acting selfishly. Acting in self-interest, you know, not necessarily thinking of others, the thinking of ourselves first. And God helps us to see a different perspective. He sees how our words, actions and attitudes affect others um, and how our words, actions and attitudes actually interrupt the relationship with God as well. Mm. Our book offer today, Peter, is called The Incredible Power of Grace and it's by Roland Hegstead. And uh, Roland understands broken beginnings. He tells story after story to show how God changes lives and he explains how God deals with broken people. We're going to give you uh, the code to this book after the break, but right now this is Anchor Your Soul by Sydney Wolverton and Anna Beden. God hasn't let me go Cause I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me With how he's changing me I'm holding on this time And I keep on telling myself Don't dig up what you've sowed in faith Don't give up what won't be replaced means more than you would ever know Don't waste it now Let him anchor your soul Your soul Your soul Your soul I'm thankful God has I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me With how he's changing me I'm holding on this time And through the valley, through the deep When the ocean's crashing in I will trust, I will lean On the one who calms the sea So remind me Don't dig up Sold in faith Don't give up What won't be replaced Your life means more Than you would ever know Don't waste it now Let him anchor your soul Your soul Let him anchor your soul Your soul Tell me to breathe And let you anchor my soul 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and uh, today we're finishing up our program with Peter Watts talking about the topic of confession. Uh, before the break, we promised a code for our book today: the incredible power of grace. And uh, we'd love you to text in if you would like to receive a copy of this book that uh, uh, shares many stories of how God changes lives from a brokenness and. Uh, the code for today is STEPS number 4, S-T-E-P-S and the number 4, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891 and we can get that book out to you as soon as possible. Now, Peter, uh, just finishing up, a challenging question to you. Uh, we've been talking about confession and uh, that we should do it and we should confess to God, we should confess to other people. Um, are you always able... Always able to easily confess to others? All the time, Jason, all the time. <laughs> the reality is, uh, as human beings, whenever we take our eyes off Christ, as I said before, we have this default p- position of selfishness. And sometimes we feel like to confess that we've done wrong means to admit that I'm perhaps weaker than I want to be, that I'm not as upright as I want to be, I'm not as honest as I want to be, or... You know, I'm not as uh, righteous as I want to be. and um, But I think that, you know, this idea of we, we, we're either going to deny uh, the, 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 the feelings or our conscience. The Bible, you know, the Holy Spirit talks to our conscience. We're either going to try and silence that and deny that or we're going to say, yes, I got it wrong and I'll, I'll confess and, you know, that natural, uh, it is a natural thing to try and avoid because we see it right back at the uh, beginning of the human family in um, the story of Adam and Eve when they deliberately had done something that God told them not to do. And um, we can read about it in Genesis three, twelve and 13 where, uh, you know, God says, what have you done? You know, have you eaten of the tree that I asked you, told you not to eat of? Let's read it, Genesis three twelve and 13. It says, Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So this is the classic passing the buck. <laughs> it really is. It is the, it, it's the beginning of the passing of the buck, and we, we see a lot of it. And I think in, in society today, Jason, too, not only in our personal relationships, but in our families, in our, uh, in, even in uh, our work life, people don't want to take responsibility. Mm. You know, if they've made a mistake or whatever, it, well, it, there was a reason. There's an excuse. Mm. It, well, it actually was somebody else or it was this, this machine's problem or whatever, whatever. Um, we don't ever want to take responsibility. It seems we don't want to take responsibility for uh, the things that, that we, the mistakes that we may have made. And uh, I think uh, if we're honest, um, we, we tend to do that. And so we see that with Adam and Eve here, you know, uh, the woman you gave me. You gave me the woman. Mm. <laughs> it was her fault. Yeah. You know, this is what Adam is saying, and, and God is wanting... Well, he's almost saying it's God's fault. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, both are implied there because... Mm. Uh, 
Adam says it's the woman's fault. The woman says it's the serpent's fault. And the the by you know the the byproduct of all that it was you're the creator. You yeah. made these things. Well, many people say that, don't they? Yeah. They, they actually say, well, God God made everything. God, God made, made everything. So God it must made be his Satan. Fault. So it must be yeah. you know. And we take that free will and free choice element out of it. So I think um, blaming others, excusing our sin. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, I, you know, if this hadn't happened, I never would have done that. Um, you know, we have to take responsibility for for our, you know, words and actions and attitudes even. And uh, I think when we do that, then we can be more honest with ourselves. We can be more honest with God. We can be more honest with others. Um, there's a passage in Acts 26. You think about somebody like Paul. And Paul was uh, a devout Jewish young man. And uh, he had this road to Damascus experience. And in Acts 26, I think it's uh, 10 and 11, he, he's quite open about his activities before he came to Christ. And maybe you can read some of that. It says, This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. All right, Paul is talking about here, this, this was his activity as uh, a, man by, a young man by the name of Saul. He was uh, very zealous for his religion, mm. the Jewish religion, and um, he was actually on his way to Damascus to go round up some more Christians and uh, bring them into custody. Um, when he had this encounter with Jesus and uh, from that moment he became a Christian and was just as zealous for the Christian faith um, but there he he openly acknowledges his wrongs you see and I think that when you come into a relationship of grace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and through um, the beautiful uh, freedom that you have that's what it brings to you um, you, you have uh you're free from condemnation. The Bible says that. There's now therefore no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus, mm. who no longer walk according to the flesh but walk according to the Spirit. So when we have our sins, uh, when we have confessed our sins and we know we're forgiven, there's a great confidence in being able to live the Christian life, knowing that God is with you. Um, not because you're good, but because he's good. Uh, not because you've paid for your sins somehow, but because he's paid for your sins. Mm. And that incredible, uh, it really is an incredible gift that um, we can take our filthy rags, our sins, and bring them to God and he will f- freely forgive. It's a miracle. I guess, um, you know, sometimes we might find it easier to confess to God than to confess to another person because if we have a belief and trust in God, we know that he's faithful and just to forgive us. And um, He's know, written down what he's promised to he's do. He's written down. Whereas another person that we go and confess to, we're not quite sure of their reaction. We're not, uh, right. we're not 100% sure that they're going to be forgiving, <laughs> even though we confess. And so maybe that's uh, one of the reasons why we're reluctant sometimes to go and confess. It may be, but again, I think that's a self-sort of preservation yeah, thing. I, I'm not it? saying it's justified. No, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying I that might be some of the, uh, the reluctance. Apprehension. Yeah, yeah mm. I agree with that. I mean, the reality is we're all fallen. And mm. so if somebody has wronged me, 
even if they are genuinely repentant and genuinely confessing and genuinely uh, sincere, I can hold a grudge. Mm. I can choose, well, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Mm. You know, I'm going to choose to hold that grudge because I'm I'm uh, feeling vulnerable or um, insecure. Mm. And so I think it's important to understand that first and foremost, that people are people and that we don't all behave immaculately. And so that sometimes, you know, when I've wronged somebody, they may not forgive and forget directly, you know, mm. straight away. And I think that, uh, but that should never prevent us from doing the right thing. This is not about, well, I'm only going to do the right thing if you're going to do the right thing. Mm. Um, Jesus came and did the right thing regardless of the fact that we weren't necessarily doing the right thing. And, of course, if somebody doesn't uh, react the way we would want them to, We've still done what we needed to do. Mm. We've gone and confessed. We've we've followed what Scripture says. It says confess, and then it's up to the other person. And I would also say be patient with people because God is patient with us. Yeah. Well, Peter, we're at the end of our program. Um, we've got uh, yeah. What have we got for you, for our listeners next week on the apprenticeship? So uh, our program next week is called Fully Engaged, and uh, we're going to talk about. How we can um, fully commit, fully surrender, fully connect with God. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking at that in our series, The Apprenticeship, which, of course, we want to keep reminding people is really about the discipleship journey. Yeah. And, of course, uh, tomorrow with Tabitha and Daniel, where should I relate to Scripture? Join us tomorrow uh, for that program. And we hope you can join us next week. This is Broken Prayers by Taya Bella. I've been taught how to talk to you. Hold it together, make the bad look better. Say all the words that I'm supposed to. Bow my head, say amen, yeah that'll do. Making every dead end look like heaven. Like being okay is the way to reach you. But you're not afraid of all the things I feel. So why am I afraid of being real? You want my tears, every messy word, every scar and every fear. You want all I have, with no holding back when I'm hurt. At my worst, you meet me there, cause you see the beauty.